Welcome to The Greenhouse Effect. Our hope is that this podcast would be like a greenhouse to help you get unstuck and grow into your full potential because life ought to be fully lived. Hey, everybody. This is Steve Perkins, and I am here in the studio with Tommy Thompson. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Today, we have a pretty meaty episode, so we're going to dive right in and talk about these five mindsets to embrace uh, for living fully and having more uh, kind of both fulfillment and effectiveness, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Well, it, it'll hit on all of those, but uh, the backstory behind this uh, and how uh, how I kind of came about trying to identify these mindsets was watching a professional golf tournament one time and the, the person who won the tournament was being interviewed afterwards. And it was, it was a really tight tournament at the end. And it came down to one shot that was an incredibly tough shot. And the whole tournament was going to ride on this. And so uh, the interviewer asked this golfer, said, were you, were you just terrified standing mm. over that shot? So much was at stake. Mm-hmm. And the guy went, well, no, I love pressure. Hey, I live for this pressure. That's why I play this game. This is the excitement. The pressure mm. means that I'm in the game. Huh. Yeah. And I, I was watching and my jaw just dropped. I went, I can't imagine having that kind of mindset about something as horrifying as the pressure of standing over a a shot like that. And so that began a process in my mind of thinking about what are the other mindsets that I'm just looking at totally wrong. Mm. Uh, And so that got this whole um, thinking about what what are these mindsets that we could choose and reframe in such a way that we begin to see the ordinary stuff of life or even what would normally be considered the bad stuff of life Mm -hmm. as the really great stuff of life. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing, reframing, because it's almost like the flip side of a coin or looking at the same thing from a different angle. And you, you think about people who do that. There's so many benefits to it, especially because you can't avoid bad stuff in life, for example. Exactly. But you can go through it in a different way based on your perspective. Well, and the thing about a mindset is it's just that. It's just the way we think about something. Uh, That person had to hit a golf shot one way or another, whether he chose to be completely paralyzed by fear Mm -hmm. or whether he chose to look at that exciting in an exciting way, was just a question of mindset. The reality was what it was. The mindset completely changed the way he approached that. Right. So that mindset, that reframing, it isn't positive talk over negative talk. Right, right. It's choosing the way we want to see something in a way that enables us to be most effective. Well, that's a good point you make. And let me just speak to anyone who's who's hearing this and it's a little like skeptical or a little like, yeah, that sounds too fluffy. I used to think that stuff like mindsets was kind of squishy and maybe a little, um, a little weird sometimes, but, uh, there's this phrase I love the, the soft stuff is the hard stuff. I think this is one of those things in life where your mindsets can literally change everything. Yeah. And it really is the hard stuff. It, it is a true and real 
um, dynamic that can shift the way you experience life. Yeah, it's it's not a game. Right. It is the way we think, and the way we think impacts the way we act, which then actually impacts the end results. So it it's not uh, play acting, so to speak. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. So the first one you have is embrace uncertainty. Yeah, each one of us are faced practically on a daily basis with all sorts of uncertainty in our life. Uh, For me, there's a lot of uncertainty around writing that I'm doing now. There's a lot of uncertainty around life with kids. Uh, There's a lot of uncertainty that probably all sorts of people are facing uh, within their careers. And the, uh, the default reaction to uncertainty is to consider it an unwelcome guest. Mm. Like I don't, all I want is control. I just want to know. I'd rather know something bad than live with uncertainty. And that's where mindset comes in because we, we default to the negative instead of seeing uncertainty as opportunity. Right. And that is what uncertainty is. Yes. Sometimes Uncertainty can deliver something that is less than desirable, but just as many times, if not more, uncertainty delivers something that is phenomenal in terms of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So choosing to uh, recognize when we're getting into that space of uncertainty and going, yes, I'm excited about this. Look at what is ahead of me or what surprises might come. That could be good. Yeah. And what that makes me think of is so much of good relationships and relational experience happens in the place of uncertainty. And so, again, a reason to embrace it because you think about people, let's say just celebrities who have kind of, they have it all, right? They have the money, they have the stuff, they have the opportunities, they have everything at their fingertips. And so many report themselves being depressed or or really struggling because the relationships is where it's really at. And so, you know, that uncertainty is where a lot of, if you just think about some of your closest relationships, it's usually people you've been through something with, yes. something trying. Yeah, definitely. You know, we use the phrases like in the trenches because of that. It's, you've been through something together. That's what makes the relationship rich. And so, uh, I don't know why, but your comment kind of made me arc that way. Well, it plays in out in so many different ways. It's, it's very, uh, telling to me that when you when you talk about surprises and you think about kids kids get excited about surprises mm-hmm. adults tend to not want surprises and so all of it plays in in so many different uh ways within our lives on a daily basis not just the big stuff of careers but um embracing in a sense spontaneity yeah. within this. I also remember um it was my college graduation and the speaker was Roger Penske who started Penske Trucks and in the Midwest region at least that's a big um a big company who's had a lot of success and he talked about how he started the company in a recession cuz so I graduated in a big recession he was trying to relate to that and say I also lived through a big recession where I shifted my mindset, and instead of seeing it as a problem, I said, what kind of opportunities does this present? And he wasn't being fake. Like, obviously, there's a lot of 
hard stuff too, sure, sure. and hard emotions. But he was able to shift that mindset enough to see that, ooh, actually, because of the recession, resources are cheaper. You know, people and labor is more readily available. The opportunity in the market is better because everyone's cutting back and we could throttle forward. And so long story short, he shared his really inspiring story about stepping out into that uncertainty and creating this really successful company because he chose a different mindset. He was in the same exact situation as everybody else in the country. Well, and that that's kind of a perfect lead into uh, one of the second mindsets to embrace and also to the fact that, that these – uh, most of these mindsets that we'll talk about today feed on one another. Mm. They actually work together. So that very mindset of embracing uh, uncertainty also allows a person to embrace risk. Mm. So you think about uh, Roger Penske and you think about that uh, positive opportunistic way of looking at an uncertainty that allowed him also to embrace risk. And when we talk about embracing risk, I think the tendency is to view all risk from a negative standpoint uh-huh. uh, and to think that we actually want to manage risk. We, we're wanting to eliminate risk. But risk is always there one way or another. It might be minimized. It might be you know catastrophic. But the idea is to be have the mindset in such a way that we can uh, look at risk with some objectivity right. such that he could look at that particular uh, opportunity within the company and say, what others would run away from, I see as a positive risk. I see the risk being so much worth taking right. in my life. So I, I think of... Uh, I think of you with this. That's where I went too. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Okay, let's hear both sides of the story here. Well, I think <laughs> I think of you in a very major career life direction change, coming from a place of seeming protection and security uh, and stability, and choosing calculated risk. That you and I talked about, I know you and Ashley right. talked about, you know, at great length, but calculated risk to live into your purpose towards even better potential. It's a perfect example of choosing to embrace risk that others may have fled from, saying, why would I take that risk? Right. And yet that risk is the place, as as you said at the beginning of the podcast, that risk is the place where you found life. It's true. And my mind immediately went to the same example because I can picture very vividly the early morning when you and I were meeting at a Cracker Barrel. Absolutely. And this was kind of our jam spot for the business conversation. I know what table you're talking about. Yeah, I can think of the Mm -hmm. table. There's that little like uh, checkerboard thing where you skip the golf tees over each other. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I never win that. (laughs) Well, I remember the conversation was talking about this risk of leaving, like you said, leaving kind of the corporate job to start a business and all that's involved with that personally and everything. And you kind of shifted the conversation. You actually did the mindset shift um, both in the conversation and I guess on me (laughs) in effect (laughs) of 
Yeah, but risk, if you try to avoid it, which I think is our tendency, we run away right. from risk and just act like it's not there because it's scary. What if we ran to it and actually looked at it critically and logically and said, well, if we just, what you said, calculate the risk and right. look uh-huh. at the worst case, the best case, everything in between, then nothing can surprise us. And we can plan for all ends of the spectrum. And that was, uh, as you tend to do, Tommy, a very simple but game-changing idea. Because now we've stared it right in the face. It's kind of like, you know those horror movies where if the monster, if you never see the monster, right. <laughs> then it's scarier. But as soon as they reveal it, it loses its, its mystery and its grip on you. And I think it was a similar thing if you just... Let's not hide from the risk. Let's look it straight in the face and plan for all sides of it. And now it's not so much of a scary thing anymore. Well, and even thinking about that particular situation, the natural way of thinking was corporate America is safe and secure and stable. But you look at the types of companies that are out there in corporate America and talking about not having control, you can be laid off in a heartbeat and you know you're and not trying to coming right as opposed to controlling your own future which is what you moved into all mindset you know so uh so that that's the type of thing but it plays into uh all sorts of decisions that we might make within our families uh within all the various areas of our life okay so we've got embrace, embrace uncertainty we've got this idea of that's that relates to it, of embracing risk. And then the third, which is kind of fills out that particular circle, almost fills it out because the fourth fits in, is embracing change. Uh Because if you were wired in those days to say, well, uh, I've calculated the risk and it's close, It's, it's maybe even weighing towards doing something different, if you were still wired to fear change, mm-hmm. and fear is at the core of all of this. Mm. Fear is at the core of all of this. If you were wired to fear change, then no matter where the scales fell, you would say, I will do anything as long as it doesn't involve change. And I know so many people who are in that those very shoes that they'll say, I would rather be in a bad situation than take the risk risk. of making a change, even if the likelihood is is that change will bring about something positive. So here's what's interesting, because you're right, they tie together. So to go on this example of my career shift and starting Greenhouse, um, the the prospect of change, uh, I remember the the fear of it and the quote-unquote risk of it coming down when we did some of that analyzing right. of the different ends of the spectrum. Because now the change became a, a thought like this. Well, I can't imagine kind of like toward the end of my life thinking back and wondering what would have happened if I tried it and not oh, what knowing. What a great thought. Yeah. You know? Like, Absolutely. And yeah. not knowing. Yes. Versus trying it and sure maybe it fails maybe we just come back to where i started but now that we've calculated out those risk factors it's just a matter of like i I remember actually the thought was well yeah i could always come back and get a job where i was at before (laughs) you know right like well now it's not so scary but also i don't have to have this i wonder what would have happened if i would have tried 
Well, and all of this is a perfect example that this this idea of mindsets to embrace is is not kind of a, a game. Mm-hmm. That it's it's learning to think well mm-hmm. and to think with clarity about both risks, calculating those risks about the other side of choosing if we don't choose change, what happens if we spend the next 40 years of our life living the way we are. Uh, it's it's of seeing clearly. Hey guys, quick break to tell you something exciting and fun. We want to do a free giveaway of one of our favorite books, and here's all you have to do. We want you to subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen, and go ahead and scroll down and leave us a review. You can be naughty or nice, say whatever you want, but we need you to leave a review because it'll help other people find us in all the sea of podcasts out there. So again, if you leave a, a review and subscribe, you'll be entered to win one of our favorite books. I guarantee you haven't heard of this book, but it's a classic and it's a must read. And it's also very, very short, so you can read it quickly. What's an example for you? Because you've also been through a lot of major, major changes in the past few years. What's an example of where this played out for you, where embracing change um, kind of changed things for the better? Uh, So I'll use an example, and as it plays, it'll actually play into the fourth area. Uh, And I didn't... You didn't tell me you were going to ask that question, so I hadn't <laughs> thought about it. But uh, I was in the middle of running uh, a video production company, mm-hmm. completely immersed in it. The things were going well with that. And I was having a sense that there was something more for me to do. And that the reason that I wasn't able to figure that out is I didn't have the space in my life because I was working like a banshee at <laughs> this video production company. Mm-hmm. So I made the choice to take a sabbatical from the company. The sabbatical was to reduce from five days a week down to two days a week. Pretty radical. The idea, it, it was very <laughs> radical because it, it, it went along with a pay cut and all right. sorts of things. Yeah. So that was to create the space okay. in which something could happen, which I could explore things. And I did that for well over a year. I took that sab- sabbatical. The interesting thing is that it was a very something to be scared about. What would happen? Could we make ends meet? Uh, what if nothing happens? All of those things in, incorporated in that decision to take that sabbatical. The reality is nothing did happen <laughs> during it. I spent a year listening, listening for what God might say during that time, and it was really, really quiet. <laughs> And so what's it, I come out of it and I uh-huh. went, wow, but that was good. That was a time to, to step back and to reevaluate. And there are things from that time that now I actually glean from. Mm-hmm. But yet the choice to say, I, I'm not scared of change. I'm not scared of walking away from something that's good mm-hmm. for the prospects of something that could be great. So uh, choosing to do that was important, which then leads to the fourth one. Which okay, I got to jump in though because okay, you made yeah, me think ahead. of this. Yeah. I was like, okay, these are big. These are <laughs> both of our examples were really big, right? Yes. So yeah. this applies, like you said, all the way down to the minutia of every day. And uh, an example sparked in my mind. Uh, I've talked before about how on Sunday nights 
my wife and I do like a sync up on the week to come. Right. And this is where we implement our goals, where we look at kind of vision for the future. What are our intentions we want to like live into? How can we plan them into our week? You know, so they actually happen. Yeah. Especially in a busy season of life. Maybe we only get one or a half of one per week, but that's a win. And we realize we're getting really frustrated in these Sunday nights. I think both of us were scared to say it, but it was very obvious. If you were in the room watching, <laughs> it would be like <laughs> Cut you it know, with cutting a knife. <laughs> knife through the air. Like, wow, you guys just fight every time. What's going on? Well, we just kind of had this funny conversation at the new year. I said, like, what if we change the day we do this? And it, she did this big sigh like, okay, all right, this is great. And, and then we had this funny conversation about, yeah, Sunday night we're exhausted. We want to just collapse and watch a show. Um, we the pressure wanna, of the week ahead. Yeah, yeah you're whole, getting into the new week. Yeah. All of these things. Why, why? But we felt trapped. Like, well, that's the day we do it. We have to do it then. Nobody just stood up and said, well, you could change that. And so, you know, we said, well, what if we did Friday? What if we made it a happy hour, made it fun, had a drink? What if it was like before we're exhausted at the end of the day? And so we made that little shift. And it was so funny because we were... I think we were both a little scared of the change and in some ways hadn't even thought it was a possibility. Like it never even occurred to us, oh, we could change the day. And now yeah, it's a completely different dynamic. We're loving it. It's happening more effectively. You know, it's become, I think, a time that we're kind of like looking forward to now. So it's a tiny, tiny thing. Exactly. And and that's where these ideas actually get their greatest weight is when we realize and learn to have it changed the way we think on a day-by-day basis. So that that's a great example. Okay, yeah. now I'll stop uh, cutting you off, and you can talk about number four, which is embrace failure. Yes. Uh, so uh, I took that chance, and I took that sabbatical, and if, if you were to look at it from the outside in terms of what I was expecting to happen, you'd say, well, well that, that didn't work. What a failure that was. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. You know, it, it was just not a big deal. And so often we're so f- afraid of failing that we we don't do anything. We just stay in our nice, safe cocoon. Yeah. And that's a that's a horrible way to live. It is. It's, it's, it's less than the best way to live. Mm, yeah, it's true. I, I mean, a lot of people may have heard this, but failure is learning. Like, the, it's literally the the training grounds where you learn and grow. So if we're talking about how to grow as a person, (laughs) if you're running away from failure all the time, whether it's tiny or big, you can't learn and grow. You just can't. So one of my favorite quotes is from a woman named Catherine Hathaway, lived right around the turn of the 19th century. And she was uh, largely an invalid. Hmm. So a woman invalid, turn of the century, uh, about as difficult a situation as you could find. So her quote says, if you let your fear of consequence prevent you from following your deepest instinct, then your life will be safe, expedient, and thin. Wow. <laughs> that absolutely grabs me. And so I think that's not what I want for my life. So I, I love I love that uh, that quote coming from someone who had every reason to live a safe, expedient, and thin life. Yeah. Wow. wow. I, I mean, I think that one kind of speaks for itself. But I do want to say, um, 
there's something powerful about going into situations almost planning for failure. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, having a background of engineering, I was just kind of trained in that. And I forget sometimes how I can go into something just completely fine with failure being the outcome, but because it's almost like the only path to getting better. And, and so that helps because you go in expecting that that might be the outcome versus being surprised by it, which I think is where so much of the emotion can come from. Absolutely. And, and, you know, so you think about, I don't know what the good examples are, but there's a lot of people whose entire job is to plan for failure and mitigate all the possible (laughs) ones. But but if you go into it expecting like, okay, this might this might not work, but the point of it is to learn so next time can be better. I think there's just something about that that helps on the emotional side. It's totally true, and and it's you can see that wiring within certain people. You can mm-hmm. see the wiring that is not afraid of taking chances or taking risks, not afraid of failure, versus those who, uh, even in their body language, you know. Uh, doesn't want. Right. Well, you said it a few episodes back that it doesn't mean you you are a failure. It's right. not an identity. Yeah. It's a situation. Failing is not an identity. Failure is is the identity. So, Okay, so, good. So, so the last uh, mindset to embrace is a little bit of, of an outlier. And from there, I'll kinda, I can kind of just lead right into an action step, which would be a great one to Try So the uncertainty, change, risk, and failure kind of all go together uh, synergistically in terms of, of how they play. Okay. But the last one, which is a bit countercultural, is to embrace generosity. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we're wired to be very uh, careful and cautious and protective about the things that we own and the things that we have and the things that we're working for. Uh that can, in a subtle way, move from protecting those things to being afraid of losing those things. Mm. Generosity is the antidote to that. When we learn to say, wow, I want to be generous financially. I want to be generous with my time. I want to be generous in this relationship. Uh, And we learn to give that way. We learn that we receive back so much more and that we have nothing to to be afraid of when mm-hmm. it comes to giving away extravagantly. Mm. So that idea of uh, embracing generosity, I think, can change a person's uh, life. It is such a good reminder in this context of this conversation because you think if I'm a planner, if I'm really intentional, if I'm really making sure, buttoning things up in my life, then it can be really natural to, yeah, protect and safeguard. And, well, you know, like think of finances, right? I got to right. make sure every penny is invested to the maximum. Well, then you can't give generously. And right. and same goes with relationships. Like I, I feel like I come back to this principle often that, you know, people will complain like, oh, I don't have any good friendships, da, da, da. Well, have you gone first? Like somebody has to go first. If there's two people, somebody has to open up first. Somebody has to reach out first. Somebody has to ask first. Someone has to give first. (laughs) Someone has to give first. Right. And so to expect a lot of richness and goodness to happen, if you're never going to go first. (laughs) So so the challenge, you know, in terms of a practical step on this, there's so many different practical steps that 
we could take in terms of these five mindsets. But what I want to encourage someone to do is to um, this week give extravagantly and and give anonymously. Mm. So do something that is outside of your comfort zone. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be money. It might be time. Yeah. It might be a gift. It might be something relational. It, it doesn't matter what. But to step outside of what you would normally protect and give extravagantly extravagantly, even better if you can also give anonymously. Okay. So there's not this sense of, well, but then they'll give back to right, me or right. they'll think so well of me, yeah. all of that. So if you could do those two steps and and then just uh, soak it in, uh-huh. what does it feel like to be a generous person? And I know all of us, you know, so many Probably people that are listening to this are naturally wired to be generous, but we all have our comfort zones too. Yeah, uh-huh. To step outside of that and go a little further in that generosity, be a great action step from okay. all of this. I love that. And if you're struggling with ideas, a couple that just came to mind as you were talking is one is you could just at a restaurant or a deli or something, you can just pay for someone else's meal and ask that they don't tell them. You know, you could pay for the person who's in the back of the line behind you or some other table, you know, something like that can be uh, a easy, fun way to do it. Another a huge tip. Yeah. (laughs) Or a huge tip tip to the waitress or waiter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another example uh, that actually came from Dana, who we had on the podcast, this one isn't as anonymous, but in a workshop one time she had us all take out our phone right now and text somebody we love or care about and just tell them why and how much we appreciate them. That's so good. And it's like, That's no, so you have to do it right now. Right. And she kind of laughed and said, here's what's going to happen. They're going to respond and be like, is everything okay? <laughs> uh. Or what what happened? And sure enough, people do respond because it's, and that just points to how um, how not typical that is. <laughs> Absolutely. And so it yeah. can just be a really cool, hey, I really care about you, but I never tell you this. You know, like how many times... Have I actually stopped to tell you yeah. why I appreciate you? Well, that's so great. So that that's a tangible step, but it may be that one of the other mindsets to embrace has uh, grabbed you particularly. Uh, you probably can't grab all five of these. Yeah. But if you pick one in particular and say, this is, this is something I need to think about, you okay. know, I encourage you to do that. This is cool. And, you know, we've talked a lot about goal setting for the non-goal setter. This was something that really helped me in my New Year's resolutions was shifting away from kind of number target goals, like I'm going to lose 10 pounds or I'm going to do this or take this much off my game. It's uh, an intention that's more of a principle. So you could take one of these mindsets and say, hey, for 2020, I really want to embrace change and have that just be a mindset you always remind yourself of that you kind of keep top of mind and lo- almost looking for opportunities to embrace it. That's that's great. Hey, Tommy, what's our book recommendation for today's episode? Uh, this is a book that I read many, many years ago and has stuck with me. <laughs> and what I remember particularly about this book is uh, I usually read on a Kindle and I highlight. By the time I got to the end of this book, I felt like I'd highlighted three quarters of the book. <laughs> it was just everything yeah. that was said from chapter to chapter to paragraph to paragraph. Uh-huh. Where, oh my gosh, I've got to, I've got to grab this. And it's a book by Max Lucado, so it's coming from a faith perspective. But okay. 
It's called Fearless. And the the way that he uh, zeroes in and shines a light on the degree to which we live our lives based on fear was, uh, well, that was a mindset shift uh-huh. for me. Yeah. So I remember that book well. Uh, easy read. Is it short? A lot of his are shorter. Yeah, it's, yeah it, is, it is short, okay. and he's a very easy person to read. Agreed. Very inspirational. So it's it's a great book to pick up. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe and come on, do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It'll help others find the show too.